what happened to seven people that were in a small plane after an emergency landing in the Bering Sea? How did they stay afloat after their plane sank into the 36-degree water near Nome, Alaska? And how were they rescued? Don Wharton, my guest today, is a Christian singer, songwriter, author, comedian, and plane crash survivor. Stay tuned. You won't want to miss today's program called God's Rescue at Sea. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield and your host for today's program. Uh, Welcome, Don Wharton. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Oh, I am so excited to again hear this miracle story. Let's have you begin at the beginning. You and seven others had been on a missionary journey. Tell us about what happened? We were, well, we were part of the group. I was with. Uh, I was asked to go on the trip by my friends Dave and Barbie Anderson, and um, we went to a little town called La Varentia in the Chuchotka region of the Russian Far East. It's right on the corner, right on the coast of Alaska. If you look at a map of Alaska, you look over the Bering Strait, you'll see the coast of Russia, and right along that coast is uh, several cities like Providenia, the capital of the region, and uh, La Varentia. And that's where we went. And we were supporting uh, some missionaries who had been there for a couple of years. This was just after the wall had come down. Mm. And so these missionaries had come over there and uh, had had basically tried to introduce some of the Christians to each other. There were people in the town who didn't even know each other. And so he had started to get people together and to fellowship with people. And he asked Dave uh, if he would bring a group over and maybe do a concert and maybe bring some supplies and so we did. We brought food and medicine and clothing and Bibles, and we did a couple of concerts while we were there and and uh, just had a wonderful time. We started the first church in La Vrentia, mm-hmm. and it's still going today. They meet in houses, and uh, they get to know about uh, Jesus just like we get to. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, it's just a little bit different, you know, uh, kind of a situation. But, uh, yeah, they get to know him just, just like we get to. Awesome. Well, after that, uh, you got into your plane to come mm-hmm. home. And uh, tell us about the plane and about sure. your uh, trip home. Well, we were there about a week, and when we had to say goodbye, it was kind of tough to do, but we did, and we, we flew from La Varentia to Providenia to get our passport stamped there by the Russian soldiers. And uh, we were out of sight of the plane for a couple of hours, and they we had to unload the plane and everything. And a lot of our supplies we had left with the people. You know, it was just you saw what poverty there was in the city, and so we left a lot of clothing and just things, you know, just that we didn't need. But uh, we had our instruments and sound equipment and things like that on board the plane. And, and we also had taken some empty five-gallon gas cans with us, uh, we were taking them back to get filled up with fuel for our other planes that were still in Russia. And so um, we had those in the aisle, and they were stacked in the back. And they, uh, we, our planes use a different octane of fuel, so um, we have to, that's why we have to kind of carry fuel around. And so we got our passport stamps, and they finally said we could go. And so seven of us boarded this little Piper Navajo airplane. It's a two-crew and six-passenger plane. And we had uh, two crew and five passengers, and we got on board and flew towards uh, St. Lawrence Island in the United States to get our American passport stamped. And then uh, from there, we flew towards Nome, Alaska, and it was on the way there 
that we had uh, trouble with our engines, and um, we noticed that one of the gauges had malfunctioned, and it told us we had more, uh, at one point, it told us we had more fuel than we actually did. It, it had, like, stuck on a half a tank, and then all of a sudden it unstuck, and I remember watching it go down, uh-huh. and it went down, you know, below a quarter tank, so... I mean, we knew we were in trouble at that point because, you know, well, number one, there are no gas stations up there, Kay. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? And believe me, I looked. You looked, okay? yeah. I looked, and there were none. But we prayed, and we just said, Lord, we're in your hands no matter what happens. And so we kept flying and kept praying, and finally we looked out ahead, and we saw some land up ahead. Because you've got to realize this is the ocean. This is the Bering Sea. There's, uh, you don't see any land at all around you. All you see is that cold, gray ocean down below you. This water freezes over solid during the winter. And during the summer when we went over it, it thawed out, but the, the water temperature only gets up to about 36 or 38 degrees. So it's really deathly cold. And, and we were flying over this water. And finally, like I say, we, we saw some land out ahead and thought we may make it. But then the right engine ran out of fuel. And so now we're flying on one engine, and they had, they had radioed ahead saying we were declaring an emergency and they were feathering some of the fuel over to the other tank. And one of our reserve tanks was, uh, uh, it was supposed to hold 30 minutes worth of fuel, and it only had about 10 minutes of fuel in it. So we think that there may have been some tampering with the tanks or mm. with our fuel or whatever. But either way, we just uh, we knew it was going to be close. And so we went towards uh, a place called Sledge Island uh, off the coast of Alaska. We were trying to aim for that. And about... Uh, uh, about 40 miles from Nome is when the first engine went out, and the second engine went out about 27 miles from Nome. And and we got no more engines, <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we're going to have to ditch in this ocean. So the, the co-pilot had turned around, and he said, we're going to have to land on the ocean. Mm-hmm. We're going to get as close as we can to that island up there, and we're going to bust out, and we're going to grab the cans, and uh, we're going to float. And they know where we are, and they're coming to get us. Everybody keep praying. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. And he kind of glided it in. Um, we hit the water in three to six foot waves um, at a, almost 100 miles an hour, uh, flaps up and gear up. And, I mean, it was a jolt. I remember flying forward and stuff was flying all over the cabin. And But he, he landed it successfully in this water. And then we said, let's go, let's go. And we had to get out onto the wing. And uh, our plan was to stay with the plane as long as we could, but... That only lasted about a minute. Uh, the plane sank out from underneath us, and uh, then we were we were floating. We had to float in this 36-degree uh, water. And the first question I asked the pilot was, uh, you did get off a distress call? And he said, yeah. And that was uh, so there was nothing else for us to do but wait. We were two miles from land, mm-hmm. and the, the current was going across us, so there was no way we could swim this two miles to this land. So we had to wait. And... I think it's it's a great example when you get hindsight, of course, looking back on it, you sure. can figure out all the lessons of this thing. But uh, it's the human condition. We are helpless and unable to save ourselves mm. and in need of the rescuer. Mm. Each one of us is. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were in, in the water. And so we had to wait. And uh, the waves were such they pushed us apart, and, and we had to... Uh, uh, we, we shouted out to each other, even though we couldn't see people after a while. You could still hear people mm-hmm. because, um, I don't know if you realize this, but out in the ocean that far, the waves don't even make noise. Oh, really? They kind of go up oh. and down, and they mm-hmm. push you around, and that's why we were pushed so far apart. 
But you can hear people from a long distance away. And so we shouted out words of encouragement, Bible instructions, but then we also shouted out Bible verses. Yeah. And and so it was uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very help in trouble, and, and verses like that, that, that this is why you study the Word and you hide it in your hearts, because in a crisis we all need to have that kind of hope uh, coming out of it. And, and my, uh, my friend Brian Brasher probably had had one of the best ones. It was the funniest one. Anyway, he, he, he yells out, this is still the day the Lord has made. We'll still rejoice and be glad in it. And there were like six other people in the water going, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, yeah. That's, no, because I mean, you don't feel you, like rejoicing. Oh, no. Tough time. You're in 36-degree water. No. Yeah. But the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. So, so you know, Kay, we even sang a couple of songs in the Did water. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, and I'm, I'm very happy to say they were both my songs. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so if we ever do make a movie and we play those yeah. songs, I make seven cents every time they play the movie. That's ah, pretty good, huh? Yeah, and... You know, just saying that, Don, I think this would be such a wonderful movie because well, it's a true I, story. And, the and last I, couple of years we have been really praying about this. Oh. We do have a script. Uh, we've talked with people. Uh, we're just trying to get the word out. And I think one of the things we want to try and do is to make an independent faith-based film. I think this it is has to be the timing is yeah. right right now because faith-based films are in, in vogue. And and we just need a little bit more of experience. We need to develop a little bit more of an audience, and we're also going to need two to four million dollars yeah. too. So you know that's that's always a, a little bit of a drawback. But but we just we're trusting in God that if this is supposed to be, it'll be. And um, and so right now the t- the title is called Rescued, and it's uh, it's a true story. And uh, one thing I can guarantee people that if uh, when we when and if we if and when we do make it. It will be a Christian movie. Oh yeah, it has and this to be. is a movie that you can bring your friends to, and and it communicate. It will communicate the gospel Absolutely. because the story itself. Whenever I tell it, people <laughs> people are still in awe, no matter oh, what. Yeah. Absolutely, it is a miracle it that is. you were rescued. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you think about that thirty-six degree uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. temperature in the water. Um, well, I try not to think about it. Yeah, I'm sure. But <laughs> but the uh, tell us a little bit more about that rescue and and uh, what uh, what some of the people said, you know, okay. related to how long you ended up being in that water. Well, we we uh, we you know tread water with the with the gas cans, you know, using them to to uh, float with. And the first uh, plane came overhead about ten minutes after the crash, and he kind of circled our position and. Then a second plane showed up, and so we had two planes overhead kind of circling, but then the first helicopter didn't show up for about 25 minutes. Oh, wow. And in water this cold, they tell us that you're only supposed to last about 10, 15 minutes before you die of hypothermia. So, so we were in the water already 25 minutes when the first helicopter showed up. Wow. Um, and it wasn't one of those rescue helicopters with the, the hoist and the basket, you know, that comes down. But it was, it was a survey helicopter, and so it, it, he just had one rope about five feet long or something hanging mm-hmm. out, and firefighter uh, was standing on the uh, on the skid, and he was reaching down to grab us and pull us in, and and he was so surprised to see anybody who was still alive. In fact, uh, the firefighter brought with him seven body bags mm-hmm. uh, because he'd never pulled out a live person before. Wow. But I always tell people you just never want to limit God. No, you know because God can do anything, and so. 
So they started hovering over us and pulled us in, and and they got uh, Brian or Carrie. Excuse me, Carrie was in the water about 35 minutes. He was the first one, and then Dave uh, Anderson, and then Dave Cochran, and and they took those guys off to an island, a couple the, the island, the Sledge Island, a couple of miles away, and. Then they came back and they they came and got myself. I was in the area with another lady. Her husband was a pilot for this group. And so I kind of pushed her over towards the skid, and they grabbed her and they pulled her in. And then they got me, and and uh, they put me on the skid. And I'm a kind of a big guy, you know, so they really, he said, I was kind of waterlogged, too. And he said, we can't get you inside. Mm-hmm. And he said, we got to go. And so I actually rode on the outside of the helicopter mm-hmm. to the island. Um, and if I think about it again, I'm, I'm, I hope I never have to. <laughs> you don't ever want to go through that no, again. No, no. Um, but they were holding on to me, and I was holding on for dear life. And uh, they, they got us to the island a couple miles away and dropped us off. And, and then they, uh, they went out and got the other two. The second helicopter picked up Barb. And Pam and I were in about 55 minutes. They say uh, Barb was in about 60 minutes. Mm. And her story is, is probably the most harrowing. You should hear her story sometime. And... And then uh, uh, Brian was the last one, and he was 70 minutes. He was the youngest and strongest. Oh, my goodness. All, but he was in the water 70 minutes. And they got us into the helicopters, flew us to Nome. The ambulances picked us up there and then took us to the hospital. And they warmed us up best they could. And uh, five of us were actually released from the hospital that night. And the other two were released the next day. And the FAA told us that we we're the only people who have ever survived a plane crash in the Bering Sea. Uh, where they've had any survivors. And how long usually does well, it take? Well, usually it's about 10, 15 minutes before you die of hypothermia. We were the longest in that uh, on record without a thermal suit. Wow. And, um, in fact, well, the good part is we got made honorary members of the Gnome Polar Bear Club. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I got oh, a little patch on my jacket for that. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let me make a few announcements, and then we'll continue talking about your story and a little bit more about uh, what you do and what you've done since uh, this happened and how God has been using you over the years. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, one eight seven seven two five zero eight four one six or email us at witness to family at gmail dot com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than fifty radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice Dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent 
gives the gift. Again, my guest is Don Wharton, Christian singer, songwriter, author, and plane crash survivor. We've been sharing his miracle story, uh, and I know that you probably uh, have more to share, but maybe before we go back to the story, Don, you have a new book, No White Lies. Tell us about that. Well, it's a novel. It's the second in a series of novels that I've written. Uh, It's about a character. uh, His name is David Freeman, and in the first novel, it was called The Lost Principled Man, and that one was, uh, David was 25, and it was kind of his coming of age, uh, coming of faith. And in this one, he's 40 years old, and he goes through some really real challenges in his life. Uh, his wife is injured in a bank robbery, and he loses his job because of some political maneuverings. And so he has to work through a lot of, a lot of challenges, and it shows how he does that. Um, there is a third book, which I'm working on right now, as a matter of fact, uh, and it's about David at 55, and he's facing his greatest life challenge. And there's also a couple of more uh, books in the series on it in an outline, but uh, there's, those are way down the line. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. if, if the Lord tarries, we, we should get those out. But the new one is called No White Lies, and it's basically a search for the truth uh-huh. uh, in life. And uh, what does that take? Yeah. Well, um, that's wonderful. I... Um... I know that uh, you have done, I believe it said, 3,000 concerts. and yeah, a lot. Uh, a lot. Country. I've been a very yeah. fortunate. Um, uh, I've done well, at least one in all 50 states uh, since 1979 when I went full-time into the music ministry. So uh, it's been a long ride, and uh, just I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, I just uh, have had a great time. And I've met so many wonderful people like yourself uh, <laughs> you. along the way, and um, and I just I continue to do that. I continue to travel, but as I'm getting older, I'm yeah. kind of going, you know, it feels kind of good to stay home every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. And I totally get so, that. Yeah, yeah. I, so I kind of like to stay home. Do a little, a little more writing instead of yeah, traveling around and speaking. Novel, you have a lot to share. Doing some film work sure. and stuff like that. So and and so praying it, for God to open that door that I know has to be there. You know, I'm always oh, saying, why aren't there better Christian movies out there with a Christ, Christ-centered Christian message? But on the edge of your seat type of programs, and, sure. and I really believe your real life story is it. And maybe through our ministry, maybe you know, maybe someone that can help you uh, oh, produce sure. that is out That'd there. Be great, yeah. Well, we're so, always looking, and we're open to what the Lord has for us. Absolutely. And so he's uh, he's in charge. And, he is. Uh, you know, and that's a good person to have in charge. Cause yeah. You know, I know I could blow it pretty good. I'm a poor, miserable sinner. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now, this this happened back in 1993. So you've huh? been sharing this story a lot over the years. Oh, yeah. What, what, what would have happened, Don, if you had not been rescued? <laughs> well, to uh, be honest with you, I still would have been rescued because um, God provided that rescue on the cross at Calvary. Mm. If I'd have died in the crash that night, I'd have still been rescued, mm-hmm. you know. I would have been in heaven, yeah. and that's, a, that's the ultimate rescue that is. right there. That is. But um, I didn't die. Mm-hmm. God I used got, you, yeah. I got a chance to come back, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe it was just because there are people out there that need to hear that if God can rescue us through our experience, then he can rescue you, too, uh, no matter what you go through. Um, God is there. He will, he will lift you up. He will take care of you. And um, 
lift you up on eagle's wings, mm-hmm. will run and not grow weary and walk and not be faint. And that doesn't mean that life's going to be easy for anybody. It's not. It's not going to be easy at all. But he promises he'll never leave you. He'll mm-hmm. never forsake you. And if you trust in him, he will see you through. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm living proof of that. My friends and I who were on this excursion, this uh, Dave and Barb and, and our other friends who were on there, we're living proof that God can rescue you in the most impossible of situations. Mm-hmm. But he may not do it on your time schedule or in the way that you want to get rescued. Um, and, you know, you may not get a movie deal on mm-hmm. rescue, mm-hmm. you know, but but that's okay. You know, God will never leave you and never forsake you. And I'm... Um, I, I, I just I relish in that all the time, and that's why I still continue to tell the story, because I see the story lifting, God using the story to, to lift people up mm-hmm. and to say, hey, there is hope out there, yes. and, and I, I can get through the situations that I face in my life, no matter how bad they are. Uh, my wife has gone through two bouts of cancer, mm-hmm. and uh, she's come through with flying colors, and we thought we were going to lose her a couple of times, but... The Lord rescued her, mm-hmm. but even if she would have died, right. she would have still been rescued also because she knew Jesus. And she got through this situation because of the love and support of her friends, but because of the doctors and, and prayer and people just lifting us up through that whole situation. And that's the way it was in, in our plane crash. That's the way it is in cancer. That's the way it is all over. Mm-hmm. And that's why we need to stay connected, um, fellowship with other believers, um, we need to stay into God's Word and be encouraged by that and uh, um, to meet regularly with Him. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just what it is about it. Our God is so good, and uh, we, need to just, we need to stay connected. That's why I like shows like yours, you know, where people can hear in, encouraging messages and inspiring sure. messages, where, where we, can, uh, you know, we can be bolstered in our faith. You bet. You bet. Well, what else... Um is on your heart today, Don, that you want to share with our listeners? Well, I, you know, I've been active in the church all these years in, in ministering to churches in, in music and in, in speaking and uh, leading worship, um, doing concerts, doing benefits, uh, things like that. And one of the things that I've seen over the last 35 years of doing this is that there's so much pressure on our pastors today, mm-hmm. and uh, the the strain that they go through um, in all kinds of things. Uh, I talk with pastors who say, "Is the, uh, the the things that you're doing today as a pastor are they are are they the same things that you thought you'd be doing 25 years ago when you got in the ministry?" And everyone says, "No, no, no, oh no." There's there's a whole lot of family pressure, marriage pressure on themselves, and the church is just uh, is is kind of in a feisty state too. You know, it it uh, we see some rumblings and grumblings and things like that. And the pastor is usually kind of takes the brunt of a lot of mm-hmm. that stuff. And mm-hmm. so you wonder where to turn. And so uh, one of one of the things I'm I'm very encouraged about is that there's there's a real movement out there to really support pastors in these times. There's there's groups of people who are saying we're not going to fight with the pastor. We're going to lift this pastor up. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to encourage him. And and if he if he is feeling really down or low, we're going to see to it that he gets some help. And my friend Dave Anderson, who was in the crash with Dave, started a ministry called Shepherd's Canyon uh, Ministry, and it's a it's a uh, retreat center 
for pastors and their wives. And they have done so much good work over the years. And I'm, I'm just, I'm real encouraged by that. And I, I'm, uh, I'm uh, on, in the process of scheduling some benefit concerts, you know, for, for Shepherd's Canyon. Because I just think it's a, it's a great ministry to lift up some of these pastors. I, we wouldn't have any idea, I bet a lot of us, as to how how much pastors are hurting today. Yeah. And so we need to support them. So yeah. I'm, I'm really getting behind this Shepherd's Canyon ministry through Dave Anderson's uh, The Fellowship Ministries. And, um, you know, we would love to sh- come and share uh, to anybody's church and share just uh, some message and maybe help raise some funds for this okay. uh, for this very worthwhile ministry because we need to lift up our pastors, especially in these days of there's spiritual unrest out there, and and people need the shepherds, uh, you know, and they need those shepherds to be strong and yes. courageous, and and uh, they need to be lifted up. So good, good, I'm, good. I'm very encouraged by that kind of ministry these days. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the Shepherd's Canyon Ministry for Pastors and Their Wives, and I had been uh, uh, told a little bit about it, but I don't know much. I think that's Awesome. Our, our, the body of Christ is facing many challenges today. Many people are falling away from the faith, and our pastors are critical to help equip the saints for their, for their own uh, families and their own lives, but also to share Christ's love with those outside of the church. And um, there's nothing harder, you know, when you're uh, the pastor, you're leading the flock. We have two minutes left, Mm -hmm. so just a closing thought, um, uh, Don. Well, um, as as we always say, we are saved by grace, Mm -hmm. through faith, Mm -hmm. not of works. And uh, God, in in his infinite love for us, provided us with the rescuer, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for us. And uh, no matter where you've been or what you've done, that that love, that grace is for you and me. And that's what I cling to, and that's what I try to encourage everybody else to cling to also. And he is, he is our rescuer in our lives. We need to trust in him. So, so if anybody's out there hurting and, and needs to know if, if, there is, if there is some answers out there, yes, there is. There is. There is Jesus. Jesus. Hold on to him. Hold on to him. Get close to him. Um, go visit him yeah. at church. You know he uh, he loves you very much, right. and uh, and wants you to follow him. So follow yeah. him. It's a great adventure. Great, and um, he is he is the rescuer. So uh, keep following him. All right, that's wonderful. My guest has been Don Wharton, and um, he uh, uh, shared a great message right at the end there. Hold on to Jesus. And as you were saying that, Don, I was thinking. You probably, when you were hanging on <laughs> to that gas can to keep you up, mm. you were also holding on to Jesus. And that's what we need to do in our Christian faith as well. Just hang on and remember that he will never let go. We can let go of him, but he will never let go of us. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. And uh, learn more at www.familyshieldministries.com. God bless your day. 
You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.